Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Just Sports Podcast with your host, me, John Cawthon, owner and operator of this podcast. And in today's episode, we're going to have something a little bit different for you. We're going to have the MLS uh, preseason kind of outlook here. So a little bit of an outlook before the season starts. And what we're going to do in this episode is so we're going to look at the MLS. We're going to look at all the teams and we're kind of just going to go through each team do a quick little outlook of what each team is, is looking like and not get into too many details at this point. Uh, just going to go through sort of a quick synopsis of, of how we think each one will do. So what we'll do is we'll, we'll break down each team into one of three categories. So we're going to start with the contenders and then we're going to have the middle and then uh, the last group I'm going to, I'm going to call just under construction. I don't really like, putting teams down a whole lot at the beginning of the season because there could still be changes and things going on. And some of the teams that you might think are under construction could actually be surprising. So that's what we'll call our three categories, contender, the middle, and under construction. So with that being said, uh, we'll talk a little bit about how MLS real quick is kind of up and coming. It seems like there's more people, especially in the U.S., that are paying more attention to it. I think they're finally getting some – you know, good publicity across the networks like ESPN and Fox and different other networks that they've been on that's been helping them to get some notoriety. Obviously, Lionel Messier coming over, being a part of Inter Miami FC, which we'll talk about, uh, has been a big draw to that. So, you know, any anything like that can help when players are coming over here. So it's definitely the fastest growing sport, I believe, still in the United States. And that's no surprise. Uh, it's very easy to set up, play on a field. And I think having their season the way they do with it starting sort of, you know, now going into March and then, you know, being through the summer is is very helpful for them. Because by the time that, you know, the NBA is off and the college basketball is, is tapering off, obviously there's no football till August. I think it's a great, great time for MLS to insert itself. And it's something that, you know, I've always said that Major League Baseball should look at as far as moving when they play a little bit or even just reducing the games in order to have more meaningful games. But soccer is going to take that draw in the summer and I think run with it. So with all that being said, let's get to our contenders. And this will probably be a little bit shorter podcast than my usual because we'll run through this fairly fast. But all right, our contenders, first one, and I'm not ranking the contenders like the first one I say is just going to be the first one I mention. It doesn't mean I think they're going to be number one or number five or whatever. Just we're just going through teams here. So first contender up, I have Columbus Crew in the Eastern Conference. I think it's pretty hard to debate that the Columbus Crew will not be contenders. Uh, they're pretty much running it back with most of their crew from last year. They should be considered a top team, if not one of the top teams to win it all. They've you know, won it in the past, uh, you know, and then they've won it in the past again. So they, they just have quality top team. They're always on top. They just, you know, very hard team to beat. They just got elite people at all over for the most part. And like I said, they're running it back. So they shouldn't have many weaknesses uh, that many teams are going to be able to find and exploit. And they should be at the top of the Eastern standings, if not number two. And they're probably going to dominate in the playoffs unless something occurs or they get bad injuries throughout the year. But right now, I think Columbus Crew will be one of your top teams, not only in the East, but in all of MLS. Uh, with that being said, we'll move on to Inter Miami FC. Now, this is probably the hottest team 
in MLS. And by that, I mean, it's, it's the one you just hear all the major networks talk about when they do talk about soccer, everything's about Messier. You know, they just had the, I guess you could say international tour or whatever. They were over in Japan and different places. And of course, Messier was like there, but not playing, which upset a lot of people. So uh, they're definitely getting talked about and uh, for good reason. Uh, they're also going to be one of the better teams, most likely in, not, again, not only just the Eastern Conference, but uh, in MLS as a whole, they'll also get primary attention, I think, more than any other teams. Even even if they screw up and start having losses, that'll be talked. So this is going to be a team that you're going to just keep hearing about. And I'm sure a lot of people are already sick about it, but that's what happens when you have a Hall of Famer like Messi on your team. Uh, but, but seriously, what else is there to say other than Messi, right? It's all about Messi. But when Messi wasn't on the field, the one thing about this team is they were one, two, and three. So they made some moves to address that, to make the team better. And some may say they have the best chance to win the MLS Cup now, which wouldn't necessarily be surprising. You know, when they bought Messier over, that team wasn't necessarily complete. And then they were kind of had some struggles, but, you know, it got together with the chemistry with Messier. And now they put forward trying to put a really good team out there. And they'll be top. Uh, they'll be top in the Eastern Conference as well, too, right along with Columbus Crew, I think. Now, the next team is now we start getting into some teams here that are still contenders, but um, probably not as much notoriety as the first two we just talked about. So we get to FC Cincinnati, and they're also in the Eastern Conference. Now, the thing about them is uh, the question there is how good can you be when you change out some key pieces? Uh, they were really good last year. They had some changes that had to happen with some of their key pieces, but they did bring in what a lot of people are considering to be pretty much equal pieces for that. And so they'll probably be just as good, you know, if you, you know, using a basketball reference here, if you replace, um, you know, a Drew Holiday with the Patrick Beverly, there's probably not going to be a ton of drop off defensively. You might have something in scoring or points or, you know, the way that this team, uh, runs you may have some ball movement and stuff like that but at the same time once you rebuild that chemistry a little bit they should be just as good if the talent is is about equal uh so they should be just fine there but time will tell uh if they still have a lot of but uh excuse me time will tell but they still have a lot of the same key pieces so i think you know overall that this team is just going to function pretty much the same way they did barring any you know, major injuries right off the bat that throws off the previous chemistry that they already had. So look for Cincinnati East to also be a top contender. Seattle Sounders. Well, now we have our first team out of the Western Conference, and Pedro de la Vega will be counted on to replace some loss production. But if he continues to grow, that should help. Other moves keeps this team in the hunt as well. Uh, and again, this is another team that pretty much, run, you know, has a lot of same crew looking to do a lot of the same things. There's not a real reason that I could find to point out why they might not be in this position. So I would think Seattle Sounders, if they're not the top, they'll be in that top, like probably three in that Western Conference. Uh, the Western Conference, in my opinion, isn't quite as strong as, say, the Eastern Conference. But uh, so that gives all the more reason the Sounders should be continuing with what they what they can do there. And, uh, yeah, I wouldn't surprise me if they end up being the top team again in the Western Conference. Uh LAFC, and so uh, Los Angeles Football Club. Now, they're a team that had a lot of offseason moves. 
and again, we're not running into all the details of all this here, uh, but a, a lot of change can be good when it makes you better. But the thing about when you make a lot of moves is you're messing with chemistry you know, on your team. And when you're trying to look at guys across the field and know right where they want the ball and all those kind of things, it matters. And so, the, you know, the big question is for LAFC is like you made these moves and these moves should make you better. But if it takes too long, then it may be hard to, to stay in there. It may be hard to, to stay elite. However, you know, this club was top in the West and, and could very well be again. I don't know if they're going to hold that same spot with being the top. Um, you know, with all those changes, but by the end of it, they might, uh, you know, and again, the moves they made were, were good moves. So, uh, you know, good coaching there as well too. So I think they'll, they'll remain, they'll definitely, they definitely should remain contender. It's just a matter of how far in the top of the Western conference will they be? Uh, we'll see. It might be a, a team that might be a really good update for us coming, you know, when we get to that like mid season or even move forward, depending on when, when I get back to that. But, that takes us to the last team that I'm going to consider as a contender, and that is Atlanta United, who's in the Eastern Conference. Uh, I think we will see some experts put this team as a contender as well. Uh, but just like with LAFC, when you move a lot of pieces in, it doesn't always mean it works right away. And that being said, this club got stronger in talent now season in every meaningful way on paper. Now, you know, We've seen across all kinds of sports where, yeah, it's great. You like grab this guy and grab that guy, and it's considered one of the top players at a certain position and, and so forth and whatnot. But, like, it has to work with your other players. You know, if somebody has the ball too much or somebody isn't aggressive on offense, but the team's style is that way, like, there's all these nuances for a coach to have to figure out with their guys. And obviously, the best coaches know how to bring in elite players, especially when you have egos and things, but let's just put egos aside for a second and say that, you know, the best coaches who bring in talented players even have to struggle with how exactly will they fit with somebody else's style. So, you know, making sure that a guy plays at least in a way that is conductive with the team is vitally important. So we'll have to see with Atlanta if they did bring in the right guys for that and if their chemistry can get on the same page right away. And if so, that's why I have them in a contenders because the talent they brought in is there. It's just a matter of fit. And you would think they've done their homework on that and, and whatnot. And so they should be in that contender group. And that's, so that's it for our contenders. And now we're going to go to the section that I'm going to call uh, the middle or what I like the other way I like to put it is playoff bound. And these are teams that, uh, I think are going to be part of that, those nine teams in each conference. So basically the rest of the 18 here uh, that will, that should be the playoff bound teams. I don't know if they'll necessarily turn into contenders. They each have certain issues and whatnot, but by and large, these are the teams that I would think would be your playoff bound teams. And these are also teams that, you know, could be like two injuries away from not being in that group could have just, you know, older age kicks in, things like that. So, you know, this will be a group that could definitely fluctuate if I do a mid-season rankings again. Uh, we might see some drop out. We might see some move to contender. We might see just a bunch of them stay in the, the middle again here. All right, so with that being said, first playoff-bound team is Philadelphia Union. Uh, no team is more indicative of running it back than this one, so there's not a whole lot here to say. Uh, 
so they're staying in this tier just because simply there wasn't a whole lot of moves. There wasn't a whole lot of different things going on in terms of bringing in this elite, elite guy that really changes the dynamic, you know, losing an elite guy. So they're really going to have the same team, really pushed it again. Now that may be really beneficial for chemistry and, you know, what you know. So really all you're trying to do now is work on nuances of what didn't work right last year. Uh, you're hopefully staying healthy if you're Philadelphia. So, you know, this is a team that I have pretty high up on. I, If I was ranking them, I would have pretty high up in the playoff bound tier just simply because of that. You know, they're going to have one of the best or should have one of the best uh, chemistry amongst their players and should have one of the best uh continuity you know in that area so we'll see what they do they might surprise some people or it could be one of these teams that you know things get burned out and it's not working and i'll have to do something else the next season but for now philadelphia union dallas fc west now it wouldn't be a surprise to me if they ended up as a contender uh but for now do they have enough with one big signing to get them to that contender tier uh they should be a playoff lock though if that big signing, and I can't think of uh, right now, it's passing me up. I forgot to write down who that was. But if the one signing and the other move they made <clears throat> works out well for them, then it may push them there. Uh, and you got to think that that's one of the reasons they did it. So, you know, with that being said, um, this is kind of another team, like right there with Philly, that, you know, with the chemistry being the same and the continuity being the same, you know, with them making a move, Maybe we'll see. We'll see when we get to that point. But Dallas should be a, a lock for sure for playoffs. Orlando City East uh, and East. Uh, so overall, this team stayed talent wise about the same as well. So they should be still strong playoff contenders. Orlando did get a few breaks to go their way last year. So the question is, will they be better than that or they need those same breaks? I don't think either way it's going to mess them up as far as being a playoff team or not. It may just be, you know, what positioning they get for playoffs, but they should definitely be a playoff lock. I would think uh, they're good enough for that. Uh, no matter what new England revolution, this team has good pieces in a lot of areas, but is also dealing with some injury concerns already and a new goalkeeper. So for them, I think what you're looking at here is you kind of already getting knocked around here at the beginning of the year. I think this is another team, though, that should, shouldn't have any problems still making the playoffs, barring, you know, even more injuries, adding up, that kind of thing. Uh, new goalkeepers, I mean, goalkeeper is a lot of talent, you know, but it definitely helps to know your personnel, you know, what what where guys like to force balls, especially your defenders, you know, where they like to move, how they like to react. You know, you're, you're watching the ball getting driven to, you're watching the passes, but you're also watching – the movement of your guys so you can know where the openings might be uh, as a as a goalkeeper to put yourself in the right position to force the attackers to have to go a certain way which gives you uh, leeway as a goalkeeper to to also help force it that same way and to be able to recover back to that point uh, but with new england revolution uh you know there is talent here for them to come together and be a force so I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be a good playoff team. And there's potential if they can stay healthy to to be one of the top as well. New York Red Bulls. Uh, now, this team has a new coach and some other new pieces. So we'll see what goes on here. Um, but other teammates should provide continuity and growth for them. 
Now, the stat sheets like this team a lot last year, so perhaps there will be a strong playoff lock, and especially if the new coach and the new pieces all come together and things work for the better. I'm not sure. I mean, you bring in a new coach, bring in some new pieces, and, you know, again, it's all about that chemistry continuity, but it's also about, you know, does the new coach fully just implement what he wants to do, or is it more that, they kind of transition into what he wants to do. So, you know, a new coach can affect a lot of things. I I still think New York Red Bulls make the playoffs and I think they'll be okay. This is kind of the first team we've talked about in here though, that I feel like, you know, if some of that stuff doesn't go the right way and it rubs people the wrong way, there's a potential that this team could fall out, but I don't think that will happen. I still think they're a strong playoff lock, but It'll be interesting to monitor and see what what happens to them throughout the year. Uh, Now, my personal hometown favorite here, Nashville SC. This is another team that, by and large, is a run-it-back team. There was not a whole lot of changes. They did bring one guy to help out with Harry Mukhtar. Uh, But, essentially, this team thrives on defense, conditioning, and effectiveness. And they really make it hard on other teams to, you know, score on them a whole lot and then they kind of wear you down and then they'll they'll strike quickly toward the end you know kind of kind of wear you out and then try to strike on you so uh you've always got to got to bring your aggressiveness against nashville and they, they you know they're, they're going to continue to be good defensively and they may have actually helped out themselves uh with a third score we'll see uh, but that's the big question for Nashville is who other than Mukhtar is going to score. Uh, they, they've got to be able to score if they want to and, and be able to play on the ball better if they want to, to make a lot of headway. Vancouver Whitecaps. Uh, now, there is potential here to be a top team, but they may not have the strongest roster. It kind of feels like a top-heavy team. Their stars will need to perform every game in order to keep carrying this team to their goals. I think they'll make playoffs, but this is a team where we could see like if they have a major injury to a star, you know, or they have some lingering stuff amongst two or three of them, especially on the the more talented part of the roster, it might be, uh, it might be detrimental, could get knocked out. Uh, Houston Dynamo, they have solid players and a good midfield group, but injuries have already put this team behind the eight ball. They will need others to step up. The question is, do they have that kind of talent to do so? Uh, they probably do. They'll probably be okay uh, for the most part. I, this is just a team that can't afford a lot of missteps, you know, whether it be injuries, whether it be coaching staff views. But I think they'll be in the playoffs. They, they, you know, they did well last year. L.A. Galaxy West or L.A. Galaxy uh, in the Western Conference. Now, this team needs help at goalkeeper and overall defense. At, they're very lacking in that. But what they do have is talent offensively in the midfield and attacking. So this is kind of one of these teams where it's like they just keep pushing the ball up there, keep pushing up there, just keep that pressure on other teams. They're going to have to keep the pressure on other teams. And there's a reason for optimism that they can do that this year with the moves they made. So they kind of embrace the fact that, hey, we're not going to be able to do a lot defensively, but if we can attack and push the ball on the other side of the field uh, and get enough luck on, on the back end of that, that they should be able to continue on. Sporting Kansas City. This is a hard team to read. On one hand, getting as far as they did last year, you could argue they should be a contender, right? But the stats didn't favor them too well, so a lot of luck maybe. 
Um, I believe that they grew and got better and they did have luck, but they should be a solid playoff team if they are indeed growing and continuing that trend. So I think we'll see them in there. St. Louis City SC. Now this team is mostly running back and with a good manager too. They also have a potential upgrades at key positions. They should be a solid bet to make playoffs barring any major injuries. I don't have a whole lot more to say about this team. I think that's pretty much it. They're running it back. Good manager. They should be in there. I think it's about the same thing as they were last year, really. Uh, Real Salt Lake. This is our West play. This is our last playoff team that I'm putting here. Not sure what in-season moves they could make, but having uh, just two potential elite players is not enough to convince me they will be a strong playoff team. Um, but they were in it last year, and they have an ownership group that can or will spend money. So, again, it's kind of one of these teams that if they decide to in the offseason, they could get a lot better. If, you know, or excuse me, in season, they could get better. Just depends on what's available to them and what they could do. Uh, but they should make the playoffs, barring, again, barring any injuries to you know, their main two guys. Now, this next group, our last group, is what I'm calling under construction. Uh, in some instances, there's going to be almost no chance here with some of these teams. But we'll try to go through some that do have a little bit of team. And like I said, under construction, it's kind of like most likely they wouldn't make the playoffs this year. But they may be working towards that or they may be working towards the teardown. So we'll see here. So we got Minnesota United. Now, there are some people that believe this team will make the playoffs. but they just finally signed a manager, Eric Ramsey. Uh, now, he's considered a rising star, but he is the youngest manager in MLS history. So that's going to be interesting to see how he works with the team, the players. Uh, he still needs to get his visa paperwork done, so not sure when exactly he's going to get over here to you know, coach the team. I'm sure they're probably doing some things virtually until he can get over here. But, uh, you know, until, until you get there and you're with your team and you have that camaraderie, it's it's hard to build, uh, you know, leading up to the season here and start establishing that direction. And I think that's just a lot to ask of this team at this juncture to, to kind of start behind the eight ball, start late, get all this going and to be a playoff team. It's not saying they can't do it, but that's that's a lot of pressure. And I, I don't think if you're the Minnesota United brass, you, you necessarily want to have that pressure. I think you your pressure is more about establishing a continuity and getting everything going, just trying to have good success in terms of what they can do this year and then looking to next year to be the, the real year. Now, it would be great if they could, but I think that's where they are. Portland Timbers. Uh, age and questions up and down this roster with little depth is going to keep this team most likely out of the playoff contention. There is some starter talent here, but it's just probably not enough. Unless they have some hidden gems that can really take a leap and get them in there, it's probably just going to be another season of them missing out. Chicago Fire FC, another team that is hard to peg where they will be, but when you overhaul your team quite a bit, it either works out great in the long run or it implodes. And seeing as how this they've done this before and it didn't work, expectations are low that it will work out again. So you kind of like you keep blowing things up, it doesn't work out. You blow it up again. I mean, continuity says it's going to not work again. New York City FC, this team is young. I believe they don't have a player over 26. However, they do have talent at striker and youthful energy. But there's questions about their coach and a system fit and all this. So this may be one of these teams that if they don't see a massive improvement, you know, with all the youth they have, 
and they kind of end up being around the same as they were last year. I could see this team trying to move on from a coach while they have all this young talent and trying to get somebody in that can really maximize it. So I don't have a lot of hope for this team that they're going to make playoffs. They do have that potential just based on the youth, but we'll see what happens. Uh, now, now we're going to get to some teams here that are definitely more towards probably not making things as well. Uh, well, we got one one more. Say CF Montreal. They're an interesting team with a lot of youth movement and some good development, but maybe not quite enough top talent yet. This team could take a surprise leap, but with the East as competitive as it is, they still might only be in a 10th spot. So this is kind of um, the last team I think that we – well, there's one more team that we had to. Uh, this is kind of the last team, the last two teams that I see that could potentially get in the playoffs. Uh, but again, with Montreal being in the East and all the teams in front of them, it's going to be really hard unless they make a lot of leaps with their youth. San Jose Earthquake. So this is a team that did make it last year. Now, perhaps I am totally wrong on this team, but to me, when I talk to people, you need to have a good midfield in soccer. This team doesn't really have that. So perhaps they overachieved last year. And perhaps they are real. Perhaps there will be more development, more growth there. Uh, we will see. Um, they just that midfield thing just really bothers me. It's like you can't control the ball in the midfield or do things in the midfield properly. Like it, that's your transition point from getting attacked to getting down the field and attacking. And if you can't manage that well, it just it bogs the game down for you. Uh, but again, they did make the playoffs last year, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, now we get to some teams that just don't see a whole lot of hope for right now. Or they're going to have to like do a teardown and rebuild. So Colorado Rapids, now they may be, that being said, they may be the team to watch in the West now for a surprise move up the win columns. They, by a lot of accounts, had some of the best moves in the offseason, but coaching and defensive issues will still need to be overcome. Uh, still a lot of talent to overcome, but they could pull some surprises. And they might be starting on the right track to getting things some straightened out, but uh, but by and large, they, you know, they were one of the worst teams and probably still will be. D.C. United, perhaps things will begin to look up with a new coach, but this team has some older vets and then way young players. So it's looking like this will be a season of transition and getting on the right track for next year, perhaps eventually letting some of these older vets go, maybe not all of them, but clearing way for some more younger talent for them to start growing and developing, especially with a new coach. So this year kind of just – I think we'll just play itself out in terms of what vets do they want to hang on to for helping that development and what vets need to go to make way for new talent. And then we get Charlotte FC. Now Charlotte FC to me is a mess. They're on their third coach in as many seasons. So the team is just, you know, probably devoid of chemistry and fit. Now you could argue that new coach coming in uh, perhaps with some time and patience, this team can begin to build around some young pieces, but they're going to have to figure out what they want to be and then start down the right path and not fire a coach again. Austin FC, there's not much to say here as well as this team just simply lacks talent across the board. It's going to be up to management to decide if the coach is viable and if they need to focus on player overhaul uh, and start moving in, a, in another direction. Uh, but right now, they're just at the bottom. And then Toronto FC, another team that just doesn't have elite talent uh, needed, plus Excuse me. They made all of three moves during the offseason with none being significant to vastly improve the team. Uh, maybe coaching will make some difference, but ultimately you got to have some talent too. And so, you know, we ended with those three teams that just don't have the talent. But 
And that's uh, our Just Sports first look at MLS for 2024. We'll try to revisit MLS standings. I'm hoping at the very least midway through the season we'll revisit this and maybe I'll have some actual rankings in terms of you know who I think will get in the playoffs and um, all that. So we'll see. I'll revisit that. But anyway, hope you all enjoyed it. And if you would like to hear more about soccer topics, please let me know on the Facebook page, Just Sports with John. We would like and appreciate your comments about the podcast there, as well as on any of the sports you would like to hear about. Uh, let me know uh, if there's more that you want me to focus on. I'd appreciate those comments. And remember, you can get the Just Sports podcast on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, Spotify, RadioPublic.com, and RedCircle.com. Thank you all for listening, and have a good day. And remember, go out and be the best sport you can be.